welcome back to another episode of Explain It Soy. Uh, so I had a question for you. Since our last episode, uh, we dove into charcoal and yakitori. Uh, and I noticed that amongst all the foods that you eat, you tend to get bored pretty quickly of mm-hmm. like eating the same thing twice. Um, and sadly for me, that includes sushi uh, because I love sushi. Um, but uh, yakitori seems to be one of those things that you are happy to go weekend after weekend if allowed to. Uh, so what is it that makes yakitori make your tongue melt? Mm. So I'm normally not a meat person. I do eat meat and I do love a good steak. But normally I wouldn't like go for meat as my first option. Because mm-hmm. I grew up eating mostly a lot of vegetables. And that's what I kind of like and enjoy. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to yakitori, I think it's the variety that it has. Because it's not just meat. Or like whenever you eat meat, you often have like, oh, you get a pork chop or that's it. Or you get a chicken and that's it. Mm-hmm. Or you get a steak and that's all you eat. It's that one giant steak, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is good. But I I personally like variety. And I think I crave variety. Because if I have to, eat, like you mentioned, if I have to eat the same thing over and over again, I'd rather not eat it, you mm-hmm. know? So I'm that picky. So when it comes to yakitori, I love the fact that there's a variety. You get chicken, but it's not just chicken. You get like the thigh meat, you get the neck meat, you get to have skin, you get chicken heart, my favorite, and skin is my favorite. Or or you get pork, but it's not just pork. It's like pork wrapped asparagus or like pork or like bacon with tomatoes. Like there's variety that comes from that one thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like as variety, mm-hmm. you know. And it's not just meat. You know, it has vegetables, it has mushrooms. It has, like, you know, there's variety. And I think that's what I mainly enjoy about it. And, of course, since it's so expensive, we don't go often. And that's why I think that's why so far I'm not tired of it. I think us not going often also makes it more expensive, too, because it's been a while since we've had all the flavors. So we want all the flavors again. Um, and that's, that's like to our detriment (laughs) in a way. Um, but let's go over some of those, some of that variety. You want variety? I'll give you variety. (laughs) Um, uh, that, that was Lynn, by the way, like two weeks ago when we decided to invite our families over for the first time since COVID, uh, and we decided to do yakitori. So we, I wanted variety and Lynn's like, you want variety? I give variety. <laughs> so we ended up having a huge variety of uh, well, stuff. Which because awesome. normally, normally during a uh, COVID quarantine period, like the past year and a half, we would do yakitori at home, just the two of us. But mm-hmm. since there's only two of us, we can't eat too much. Yeah. So often we only have either just chicken or beef. So we get one steak and like, one one or two pieces mm-hmm. of chicken thigh, and then that was our variety. Mm-hmm. Just limited to because down it's not like you things. can buy a third of a chicken thigh or yeah. like a tenth of a steak. You need to yeah. You need to get the whole thing, and then it's a lot of food. Exactly. Yeah. So this was actually the first time where we made variety, mm-hmm. where we pretty much try to incorporate all of our favorite items from the restaurant at home, and it went very well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, check the chapter arc. We'll put uh, the some, li- some limited pictures that we forgot to take. Yeah, we forgot uh, to take as we were so, like, starving. Yeah, <laughs> We hungry. were just eating and cooking, so. Uh, but it was a good time. So, any, in any case, going back to yakitori, so there's a whole bunch of flavors. Let's start with the chicken. Uh, so, there's the chicken thigh. Can you describe that for our lovely audience? Yeah, so when it comes to chicken, the best part of the chicken is the thigh. Because that's okay, the, the dark meat. The right? dark meat. Because it's juicy, it's tender, it's not dry when you cook it, mm-hmm. you know. Sure, I understand, like, it's not as healthy as, like, white meat. But if you're going to eat, you might as well eat something good. <laughs> yeah, like I agree with that. Life is too short to be eating, you know, just white meat all the time. You know, you need some fat in there, right? So chicken thigh is the best. So they cut it into little cubes and then... They skewered it, and in between one or two pieces, they put a piece of spring onions, and usually the white part of it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the type of skewers that they have. And normally, you can either do salt and pepper, which is just sprinkle salt and pepper, or you can do sort of like a sweet soy sauce uh, dressing on top. Mm-hmm. And it's so simple. Like, And they cook it with the, with the dressing. Yeah, uh, they cook it last minute, like mm-hmm. you dip it in the dressing or else it'll burn and then you just get bitter, mm-hmm. bitter soy sauce, yeah. which is not good. Overly cooked sugars. But the the thing about yakitori is that like, it's so simple, but it tastes so good. Like mm-hmm. literally you don't even need the soy sauce. You can just, just do salt and pepper and that's it. And then just the raw meat. Like mm-hmm. how simple is that? You know, mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like when you dress up, uh, a dish too much you kind of overcomplicate the flavor profile and then you no longer have a distinguished flavor mm-hmm. and that's what makes food sometimes not taste so good is because it's confusing mm-hmm. you know and and i th- i think also another key piece of this is nothing is overcooked everything is cooked just the right mm-hmm. amount where things are barely just past cooks on the inside and yeah. on the outside nice and crispy yeah um and that's what keeps it juicy like if you keep it on there it's going to turn black and not be juicy anymore mm-hmm. um so do keep an eye out for that um and perhaps at the end of this episode we can share lynn's happy story about eating steak for the first time many oh. many years ago <laughs> um but we'll, we'll leave that for this for the beef section of this so <laughs> we have the thigh and onion and that's called negima i think um, and that's like the traditional yakitori stick, mm-hmm. uh, basically. But yakitori is not limited to just a thigh and um, an onion. There's also something that you may be afraid to try, and that is chicken heart. Oh, chicken heart is so delicious, so tender. If you ever had uh, like pork kidney, is that texture. It's like you bite into it. It looks gelatinous, but it's not. You bite into it, your teeth just sinks right through. It's and, very, very tender and lean. And, and exactly, and it's not chewy. Like, you... I don't know. I don't even know how to s- explain it, but it's just one of the best things. I know it may sound a little bit, like, cringing because it's hard, mm-hmm. but it's so good, you know? So, if, if I if I were to encourage you to give it a try, it does not look like a heart um, most of the time. Uh, so it's going to be something that you're not immediately going to recognize as being a weird piece of meat. It looks like a piece of meat. It does not look like chicken, however. It is a very dark meat. It looks more like steak than chicken. Um, in terms of like the color, you don't have that white meat color. Oh, yeah, color. yeah, yeah. Um, so well, it's heart. It's... Yeah, it's a different piece. 
Uh, but I would definitely encourage you to give it a try at least once in this context. Like, I don't know about chicken heart in other contexts. Um, there are certainly some foods like beef tongue. In one context, it can be delicious. In other contexts, it cannot be delicious. Yeah. Um, so uh, in this context, in the context of yakitori, I would definitely encourage you to try uh, chicken heart. If there's a choice between chicken heart and special heart, go with the chicken heart, not the special one, if this is your first time having it. The special one is an entire heart just on a stick. Yeah, um, and you can see all, like, the little... The, aortas and the stuff. The <laughs> aortas and the chambers, like, the vessels. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's so a bit much. If you're into biology, go for it. If you're yeah. queasy, don't go for that one. But uh, honestly, like, one. if you're going to, like... The thing is, when it comes to food, you need to be adventurous, you know? Mm-hmm. And you need to be brave to even, like, try these things. So, mm-hmm. like, baby steps, you yeah. know? Yeah, you don't have to go do it your first time. Um, yeah. You can do it after you've been convinced yakitori is delicious. Mm-hmm. Um... But something that everyone might be a little more used to is skin. Mm-hmm. How different is yakitori skin than skin on a rotisserie chicken, for instance? Uh, well, normally people don't eat skin because they consider it as being unhealthy and fat and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I normally don't eat skin either because there's not many ways that you can prepare skin very well. Mm-hmm. But in this case, like the skin is just the skin. They... Uh, sort of like roll it up and then they put a skewer they skewered it so you have a, a stick of skin but it's like we said it's cooked on the 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 charcoal so it has a nice charcoal barbecue flavor but then it's cooked in a, a sweet soy sauce mm-hmm. so like the soy sauce then caramelizes on the chicken but then with the chicken fat they both sort of like do the sizzle, and, yeah, sizzle and, and get crispy and dry out on certain parts, but yeah. stay fresh and like soft on other parts. Mm-hmm. So you have a very good mix of textures. Yeah, so the texture is delicious. The flavor is delicious. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, that's my go-to whenever we go to yakitori. And you have to order that. it early because they may, they will run out. Yeah, yeah. So that's another thing about yakitori is they're using whole chickens. There's only so many chicken hearts, chicken skins, yeah, like chicken thighs on, to on go one, around. On one skewer, you that's four chicken. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I'm sorry, but <laughs> you're so good. Like, I can't resist. <laughs> um, so, and there's different cuts of the skin if you're lucky. So you can mm-hmm. get the, the regular skin. Uh, you can get the neck skin, mm-hmm. uh, or you can get the special skin, which is the regular skin cooked twice as long on half the heat. Um, so yeah, you end so up with a different texture. So it's like deep fried in a mm-hmm. way. Yeah, basically. It's so if, crispy. If, if you like deep fried chicken skin from like KFC and stuff like that, uh, this is very similar without the breadiness. Yeah, without the, the flour. Um, uh, and then there's some weirder cuts. There's uh, the rump, uh, which we've had once. It was crunchy. Yeah, I didn't mean, have much to say about it. It's just that. meat on the butt. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even like the the anus part. It's just meat oh, on the was. backside. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was. There was. But a it whole... was just the backside of mm-hmm. it. Like yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't try that, but my brother did, and it was crunchy. Uh, yeah, it just tastes like meat. Like mm-hmm. honestly, if you clean it, it's clean. Uh, then there's the gizzard, which is a different organ that I don't think we have. Um, we've we've had it many years ago, and like we as humans, I don't think we have that organ. Oh, we as human don't have that organ in us. But yeah. this organ is um, in a chicken. I don't know if any other animal think... has it, but mm-hmm. this chicken gizzard, it's, us- it's 
it's a part that helps them digest food or like mm-hmm. break down food. Mm-hmm. So I guess we have the stomach and the intestine and the yeah the, we have a different the, set of organs. The basically. acid in our stomach that does it, but here I guess they have an organ that does it. Right. I don't know. Um, it's also crunchy. Yeah, um, I did not but, like it because it's like you're biting into cartilage, cartilage, but like styrofoam at the same time. Yeah. It's the flavor bizarre. is not bad. Uh, it's just a, a pretty weird texture. The texture is bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the last last kind of two pieces that are pretty typical is you'll get the wing, which is an entire wing on a stick. Yeah. Like with the bone. Um, and it's okay. It's a little drier than the thigh, so I would definitely get the thigh instead. Uh, less work too. You don't mm-hmm. have to needle bones, your your yeah. mouth through bones. Uh, and then there's the meatball, uh, which is essentially all the other uh pieces of of extra pieces of meat and stuff that they oh, make into it? a meatball. Um, it has a unique flavor to it. Like, it has a bit more flavor than you'd think. And I think that's because they include the kidneys and stuff like that uh, and other organs. I don't know. We never um, got that. They, there's also the, the regular uh, breast, which, again, the thigh is better. Um, so when it comes to, like, Asian food, like, or Chinese food, like, chicken feet is very well known mm-hmm. in Chinese culture. But, like, I've never had chicken feet because they always look so gross. But I wonder, like, can they try making it into, like, a yakitori style? I, I Maybe it would taste better than what is normally being presented, which mm-hmm. is, like, in, a, like, a stew-type thing, which then everything is, like, a mushy. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if they ever yakitori it, how it would taste. I'm sure in Japan it's probably on the menu of some sort because, again, they use the whole animal. Because it um, is cartilage, right? Yeah. So I wonder, like... Cartilage and skin. Yeah, so I wonder if it has, if it's similar to, like, um, like, gizzard, I wonder. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure it's probably similar, plus mm-hmm. some bone yeah. mixed in. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, that, that makes up the chicken part of yakitori. But then, as we said last time, they don't only serve chicken, they serve other things. Um, one of the classes of things is beef. Mm-hmm. Um, so, t- typically, they tend to have one or two varieties of um, Kobe beef. Um, which is just very, very fatty meat, mm-hmm. uh, basically. Um, and it's a hit or miss, honestly. Yeah, I personally don't like the Kobe beef. Like, it sounds very crazy, and like, and it's so expensive. It's like $10 a skewer. And, and like, you only get, like, <laughs> a few bites. That's mm-hmm. like, a, you can normally get a whole ribeye at, like, Ralph's or, like, a, mm-hmm. a local supermarket. And it's very tender, but it's also very fatty. It's so fatty that I don't like it because it's, like, so marble that every bite is literally, I'm taking a spoonful of fat in my mouth. Yeah. Like, it's so tender, but the amount, the the quality, not quality, but the quantity of the fat that's there, it's a bit too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely I agree. Um another another stick is the regular beef um cubes with uh daikon uh that's been uh pulverized, I guess is the the grated. word. Grated. Grated, yeah. And, um and, and a little bit of ponzu sauce on that and that's called daikon oroshi. Yeah. Um and that one I like uh very much. Daikon, if you don't know, is a big radish. Um, it's a big white radish. You've probably seen it at a supermarket once or twice. It's it's literally the size of a human arm. Or leg. No, I, it's, I would, it's not. Yeah. Like your shin If leg. you're a tiny person, yes. But mm-hmm. it's as big as my arm. And I'm 5'3". Like, yeah. rough size. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and they get bigger. 
Uh, so it's a big, big radish. It's not too spicy like a smaller radish might be. Um, and if you put it in soup, it makes soup. Sweet. Um, <laughs> and if you grate it, uh, it's a very common uh, topping on many Japanese dishes, especially meats and fish and stuff like that. Usually paired with soy sauce and lemon or ponzu, um, which is a very similar flavor profile. Um, and uh, together it makes like a little brown mush. <laughs> because you get the white mush plus the soy sauce that makes a little brown mush. But it's very salty and sweet and sour. Um, and as a result, that's a very nice, fresh, like it's a very cold flavor to go with a hot meat at the same time. And that, that is goes, fatty. Yeah. And that is fatty and it goes very well together. Uh, generally, th- anything sour goes well with anything fatty. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get into that a little bit more with the porks. Um, but with the meat, uh, with like steak in general, it tastes very good together. Um, so... That's one that I that I really like that Lynn is impartial to. I don't like I don't like anything with radish. No, yeah. that's just fine. Uh, more for me. Um, and uh, the last one from the beef uh, from the beef category is our personal favorite beef tongue. Okay, so beef tongue. Uh, you might be a little queasy about this one as well, just like with the chicken heart. Um, to give a little more. Uh, uh, a little more context a beef tongue is a very big thing like just look at your tongue and imagine if you were the size of a cow um so it's it's pretty big uh what you do not eat is the surface or uh basically anything that comes out of the mouth so if you stick your tongue out of your mouth none of that is something that you eat as a part of beef tongue you're pretty much eating the very inside of the tongue which is like the the part of the tongue that's, that's attached that's to your mouth towards the throat mm-hmm. so not the tip of the tongue but the the center of the throaty part yeah, yeah. so this is in contrast to if you've ever had something like beef t- um beef tongue tacos where they use pretty much the entire thing yeah uh, it's and gross. it's a little a little queasier uh than this this looks like a normal piece well, of meat the thing the the flavor is not the ba- the the queasing part or the te- the texture is not either but it's the presentation like you don't want to see taste buds on yeah your food. you don't want to ta- <laughs> see like little taste buds in your freaking tacos and I had that I had it as a quesadilla because I was like oh they have beef tongue quesadilla let me try it and naive and, were we <laughs> and I did not like it it was just weird mm-hmm. like yeah yeah so there's a lot of trimming that is involved with uh, this version of beef tongue. Um, but, uh, the cut that they do end up using is brilliant, brilliantly marbled. Yeah. Um, much better than the Kobe beef, honestly. Um, and it has a very unique texture that kind of resists your bite up to a certain point, And then you just sink right into it and it chops into very cleanly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not crunchy like gizzard, but kind of very similar, not chewy like meat. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I were to like draw um, a balance there um, and properly done, it is so tender and to die for. Mm. Improperly done, it gets a little chewy. Yeah. Um, but once you have one of those good pieces, you will experience what is something that you can, it is hard to attain again, um, which is so frustrating with beef tongue, honestly, yeah. um, because you need a thick piece to get that, but you also need a good piece um but combined so good well often when you go to korean barbecue they have beef tongue but the thing is that like the way they present their beef tongue is an entire tongue shaved very thinly mm-hmm. into slices so you're getting a little of the good part a little bit a of the bad of the... part on the same piece of meat but the fact is that it's 
cut so thin mm -hmm. that you don't get to enjoy the texture of it. And when it comes to beef tongue, it's not really the flavoring. It's, it's beef. Mm -hmm. It's the texture of the beef or the tongue that makes it stand out among other type of yeah. meat. It's, it's basically a quarter inch cut um, yeah. that you're eating. So it's, it's relatively thick. But for that to work, it needs to be very tender. Yeah. And that's why only a certain part. And if you ever like cut up a beef tongue at home, you'll immediately see which part mm -hmm. is good and which part is not. Um, it's very obvious because you have one section that's very marbled and one section that's like pure red, which mm -hmm. is very lean. Um, and that part is very tough if you cut it in the wrong way. Yeah. Um, that said, all of it is edible if you if you are sure to score it deeply um, against the grain uh, with very fine score lines before you cook it, usually in like the context of a of a korean barbecue um it can be very good the entire thing can be very good but you need to prepare it more mm -hmm. you can't be lazy about it otherwise it ends up being super tough mm -hmm. and we came across beef tongue accidentally like mm -hmm. we went to a japanese outdoor fair like many years ago mm -hmm. and um they brought over restaurants from japan yeah a lot of ramen places and they had all of these food stalls and so dimitri was doing something so i was like oh there's a cart over there that sells beef stuff so let me go line up and it, the line was long so i went there i since i was very far back in the line i didn't look at the menu i just saw beef mm -hmm. and so when i got to the front of the line i kind of just order i want a beef bowl but turns out it wasn't beef it was beef tongue it was a little cup too there's not much of a bowl <laughs> no it was a uh a food to go portion like mm -hmm. you have the rice you have the beef tongue you have this mm -hmm. and that but we didn't know and when you asked me what is this i said uh i don't know it's beef bowl mm -hmm. not knowing that it was beef tongue because i didn't finish reading the menu <laughs> <laughs> and so and so when we bit into the first piece we were like what is this like our mouth just salivated like our mm -hmm. eyes glowed like we were just amazed by the texture. And then we went back to the car and realized the freaking banner is like beef tongue. <laughs> huge. It says beef tongue and I just didn't read it. Mm -hmm. So if you're ever in Japan, go to a place called Sendai. They're known for their beef tongue. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you, they, they won't mess around. They'll give you the good part every single time. Because... I feel like if you go anywhere in Japan, they won't mess around because it's food. Like, oh, yeah, you don't right. mess around with food. No, you respect the food. You do respect the food. Mm. So uh, beef tongue is also something that tends to sell out if uh, you don't yeah. get there early um, because there's only so much good pieces and they tend to not give you the less good pieces yeah um so be sure to get uh, a few skewers of that as early as you can and normally whenever we go to a restaurant we look for restaurants that have beef tongue mm -hmm. so there was this one rush ramen shop near where we used to live that's mm -hmm. where shop. it's a ramen shop that they had beef tongue as one of their plates but mm -hmm. no one ordered it and we were the only one that ordered it and at one point they just got rid of that completely on the menu and we were like why and they're like oh because it doesn't sell as uh regularly as all the items so then since then we stopped going <laughs> yeah it was our fault for not going every two days could have kept it up <laughs> <So> on. <laughs> we, we only go because of beef tongue but mm -hmm. we stopped going and then now they close because of covid yeah that's sad that's all right um <laughs> moving on <laughs> wow um and then recently because we did it at home and we wanted variety we did get a beef tongue mm -hmm. um and if you have any sort of chinese market um or butcher 
Um, generally, a beef tongue will be frozen solid. Yeah. Um, and don't let that discourage you. It's like a $20 piece of meat. Uh, what you do is you take it home frozen solid and you immediately start carving off all the skin. Yeah. Um, and it's immediately going to look more and more appetizing the mm-hmm. deeper you get because it looks less like a tongue and more like a piece mm-hmm. of meat. And meat, meat, some type of meat is easier to deal with when it's frozen. Yeah. Or semi-frozen to the point where it's It's like, still rock solid. It's still hard. But you can push a knife through yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So carve off all the skin while it's frozen. It's going to be much easier. It just carves off and it turns into like little spirals just like it looks like at uh, Korean barbecue. Like most things, they will come off as spirals when you for, shave them off frozen. Uh, throw all of that away. You don't want it. Um, and then cut it in half, like from the back to the front, that half point point. Um, that's going to be where you will immediately see the texture difference between the good part and the bad part. Um, the good part is going to be, as I said, very marbled. You want to keep that part. The bad part, you can still keep it, uh, but make sure to cut it into either thinner slices or to score it very deeply against the grain to make it. Uh, easy to chew, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, since we're ending the beef uh, part, don't overcook your beef, Lynn. Oh, so my, so um, I grew up in a Vietnamese household, and my parents don't really like we don't eat out American food cuisine. So it's always Vietnamese food, and in our culture, we cooked everything. Like everything's cooked. So I've only ever had beef that is fully cooked. And so in college, I remember um, the first time I had steak was in 2008. <laughs> it was the first time we went to a very fancy restaurant for our, one of my, for our friend's birthday. And it was a group of us. We went to this really fancy restaurant in L.A. I think it was like downtown L.A. somewhere where like they, they had this steak. So I, I know the word filet mignon. So I was like, yeah, I'll have a filet mignon. You know, and there, and I've I've also heard of the term medium rare, so I was like, yeah, I'll have a medium rare filet <laughs> mignon, and that piece was like freaking forty dollars a piece, and it was so small, it was like literally the size of a. Okay, I'm five three, so imagine my size, the size of my fist. Mm-hmm. That's the size of that piece of steak, right? Mm-hmm. Forty dollars worth, and so they they asked me, how do you like it? I was like, medium rare. Everyone does medium rare. So I got medium rare. So they brought it out and then I cut into it. There was still still like, I wouldn't say it's blood. It's because it's not blood. But like red juice running out after mm-hmm. I cut into it. The inside is still like raw. And I was like. It's not raw. This is not medium rare. I sent it back. <laughs> and so they, they took it and they brought it back. I was like, can I have this a little bit more cooked? So they brought it back. So they took it back to the kitchen. They brought it back a few minutes later. I looked at it and I'm like, it doesn't look like they've done anything, but I cut into it again. And then I'm like, this is still freaking raw on the inside. (laughs) So I sent it back again. And then a few minutes later, they brought it back to the table and I looked at it. I'm like, they didn't do anything. They literally just took the meat back and brought it back to me, took it to the kitchen and brought it back to me. Like, I don't think they did anything to this meat. Meanwhile, the chef is questioning his life choices. (laughs) Probably. Because, and... And then I'm like, this is raw. I can't eat it. So a $40 piece of steak was left to sit there the entire meal, not touch. Because I couldn't send it back the third time. Like, <laughs> they, they weren't going to do anything, I, I promise you. So then we went home. 
And uh, my friend, who's, who was his birthday, he has a dog. He has two dogs. So so we're like, I don't know what to do with this steak. Like, I'm not going to be able to eat it. So he's like, I'll give it to my dog. So my $40 piece of steak is given to a dog, by the way. And turns out he took it home. And I went to his house, if you, like, a, a, a week later. The steak was still in his fridge. And at that point, it got all moldy because he forgot to give it to his dog. <laughs> and that was my experience with... Uh, steak until in college like years I think it was like five years later mm-hmm. or like four years later when I met Dimitri like we I met Dimitri like at the end of like college years so I met you and you made me a steak and it was the first time I had a good steak and it was still raw <laughs> it was still rare <laughs> but it, it's like I think I mentally I wasn't prepared for that mm-hmm. like I've always only ever heard of the term rare medium rare that kind of idea but I never associated what it looked like so I think that's what spooked me because I'm like this still has blood running out from mm-hmm. it as well, I poke it's not blood it. it's, not it's blood. a different it's, compound it's, it's not even yeah. hemoglobin it's yeah not- myoglobin i think yeah so it's not blood but it looks like blood Mm -hmm. so i now do eat rare steak like i do eat a rare too the only proper way to enjoy steak it's rare Mm, sometimes i sometimes i go between a little bit rare and medium rare Mm -hmm. like a little bit in between you don't want it to not be red on the inside Mm -hmm. anymore Mm -hmm. so whether you consider that I, I don't mean, whatever I don't on mind. the spectrum it still needs to be red not mm-hmm. raw mm-hmm. like you don't want it to have that those raw when you fiber yeah the raw fibers are ten, generally tough yeah um and up to you if you like them or not um but you want to you want to actually cook that part um but you still want it to be red yeah. um because that's the juiciest way to and enjoy it and it's still tender mm-hmm. yeah okay so moving on to the final group of uh skewers and that i'm gonna lump in together pork and veggies Mm. because from the pork section there is pork belly yeah and Um, bacon they do pork belly and bacon mm -hmm. and the difference is bacon is smoked previously Mm -hmm. and pork belly is just the piece of meat that is turned into bacon after you smoke it Mm -hmm. um but uh pork is generally used with a lot of veggies um namely asparagus bacon Mm -hmm. uh, is generally asparagus wrapped in very thin slices of pork belly uh, bacon is very hard to find in super thin cuts, um, but the thinner the cut, the easier it is to wrap, mm-hmm. um, and you'll fi- typically find asparagus with uh, that. Um, one of my favorites is uh, pork belly rolled with shiso leaves. Um, shiso leaves, if you don't know, but if you've ever been to a sushi restaurant and they separate the sashimi with like little green leaves, if those are plastic, they're modeled after a shiso leaf. Um, they don't look like one. They look like a, a generic mold. Uh, but at a fancy place, they'll put a shiso leaf there. Uh, and it's a very, I would say peppery, but very fragrant and mm-hmm. flavorful leaf. Um, and if you wrap, roll this up in pork, with pork belly, you end up with these little spirals, kind it's of like a, a lollipop. It's a called pinwheel. pinwheel. Yeah. Um, and they'll cook that. Uh, and then on top of that, they'll put, um, a plum and shiso paste, um, which is very sour. Um, mm-hmm. it's made from pickled plums. And if you've heard of, umeboshi which is the japanese pickled plum you know how sour that is um and together the sourness goes very well with the fattiness of the pork um and then combined with the flavor of the shiso both from the paste and um the shiso that's actually in the roll um it's so so good Mm -hmm. um so definitely give that a try uh if you uh, come across it 
then we have uh, a recent discovery, uh, pre-pandemic, but we haven't had a chance to try it again post, since post-pandemic, um, is enoki mushrooms wrapped in um, pork. Um, so enoki mushrooms are these very thin white mushrooms. They're very long, maybe like four or five inches with these mm-hmm. little tiny caps. And you s- typically see them sold as like a big bundle. Um, again, the size of a fist kind of thing. Um, but what they do is they roll up a big bundle of enoki mushrooms with pork belly and then they fry that and it has so much flavor. Like the mushrooms retain so much moisture. Um, it's really, really good. Uh, on the same vein of mushrooms, we have the oyster mushrooms, mm-hmm. um, which uh, I think they're just on their own. It looks super dried out after it comes out cooked. Like, oh, this is going to be a dry piece of mushroom. But the moment you bite into that, it's so juicy and moist not moist moist is the wrong word um tender and juicy tender and juicy yeah which Um, combined is moist yeah but moist has bad connotations who cares about those people (laughs) like we i use the word moist all the time i feel like it's such a perfect word to describe something like why say tender and juicy when you can just say moist it's one word moist (laughs) Moist. (laughs) sounds weird now moist 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 um that should be our 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 podcast uh theme song moist 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 tender juicy moist (laughs) just kidding (laughs) and we've lost all our listeners um so there's the that um and then there's one of your favorites is the quail egg quail eggs uh and this can come either just as hard-boiled quail eggs or hard-boiled quail eggs wrapped in uh pork belly Mm -hmm. which is why i wrap these two sections together yeah they all involve pork belly um optionally my favorite is if it's a soft boiled uh quail egg so this is if you've ever gone to eat ramen the egg that comes with is not hard boiled if you cut it open it's gelatinous on the inside super good super hard to do with quail eggs because it's very tiny cooks very quickly you have like a two second window to pull them out yeah i i last time we made it i misjudged the time i somehow remember it was two minutes and 30 seconds to boil the the quail eggs but it but then I was like, this is overcooked. And then when I looked at my notes, it turns out it's a minute and 30 seconds. Yeah. So, so I overcooked it by a whole minute. Yeah. It's it's really a small window to yeah. get it right. Um, but, uh, and they're a pain to deal with, by the way, when they're soft boiled, like the shells don't come off mm-hmm. easily. Um, so and you have to like refrigerate them and then like super carefully take them apart. And quail eggs in particular, the membrane, the membrane is very thick compared to chicken eggs. So... It's even harder to peel, even when it's hard boiled. Like it's really hard mm-hmm. to peel. It's easy to just make the whole thing fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but quail eggs also really good. I love them when they're soft boiled. Don't particularly care when they're hard boiled. Don't like hard boiled eggs in general. Um, but that's just me. Um, anything I'm missing? Your favorite tomatoes. I like tomatoes. Oh, so story goes, I hated tomatoes growing up <laughs> because I don't really like fresh vegetables like i eat cooked vegetables but mm-hmm. like not fresh mm-hmm. so like i've never I've, I've eaten cooked tomatoes growing up but never really fresh tomatoes and so growing up like we get burgers and that's where the tomatoes come in and it's like sour it has no flavor it's grainy it's just a weird texture mm-hmm. so i never liked tomatoes until a few years ago and this is like a few years ago i met dimitri where he introduced me to this one dish it's called uh, burrata, caprese burrata, mm-hmm. which is just uh, mozzarella, cheese. mozzarella cheese with uh, pesto and then these fresh cherry tomatoes. And that was the first time I had 
good tomatoes Mm -hmm. and since then i eat tomatoes Mm -hmm. like even raw ones but Mm -hmm. i love tomatoes cooked this is like on a grill warm enough where the inside is warm but the ins but it's not fully cooked to the point where it's mushy so it still has this texture and honestly i just love a basic sprinkle of like salt on it just Mm -hmm. that tomatoes and salt Oh, delicious. And if you're if you're listening from Europe and you're asking us, like, what on earth are you talking about tomatoes being bad? Uh, in the U.S., they're uh, shipped on trucks for a very long distance, so they're picked before they're ready. Um, and generally, they just sit for, like, quite a few weeks before they're consumed, um, and they turn red after the fact. So not the best tomatoes in the world uh, that are easily accessible in the United States. Um, that said, if you do have access to homegrown tomatoes, like you'll probably be like, these are the best things ever because Mm -hmm. it really is a world of difference when you pick them, uh, when they're ripe on the vine rather than ripe, uh, in the supermarket. Um, so if you have a chance to get yourself some good tomatoes, um, like please enjoy them because they are delicious. I eat tomatoes just like as an apple. Well, what, what makes it good is that it's not grainy. Mm -hmm. It's juicy. And it has flavor. It's crunchy, but it's sweet. Mm -hmm. Like it has a sourness to it, but it's sweet at the same time. And that's what a good tomato is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I highly recommend it to get some good tomatoes if you can. And it's hard to find even where we live in. Like we live in like Los Angeles. And there's only one supermarket we know that has consistently good tomatoes. And it's only one brand of all the options that they have. Uh, and the the irony is that tomato uh, California is like known for the world's best tomatoes, um, in like some set mm-hmm. of irony. But you need to have like restaurant connections to get access to those good con- tomatoes. So, well, if you're gonna look for tomatoes, look for California grown tomatoes. Most likely, it's it's good quality. Mm-hmm. It, it might better, not be better the than best. the alternative. Yeah, it might not be the best that you've ever had, but it's guaranteed to at least be better than the standard mm-hmm. tomatoes. And that's that's for us because we live in California. If you live in New York, don't get California grown tomatoes in your supermarket get new york grown tomatoes like yeah it, guess... it's gonna be good wherever local that means they pick them closer to ripening and they're gonna be better that way i guess yeah um so yeah unless you're a restaurant and then you can get them shipped overnight which is a completely different story mm. yeah um oh we forgot scallops so giant scallops excellent on yakitori yeah that's yeah. it that's where we're gonna leave it i think that's not everything we order right as you can see, it gets expensive quickly if you order every single thing we listed. Especially since you know it's expensive, you kind of hold out and not eating during the mm-hmm. day. So then you can like... And then you're even hungrier. So then you can so be... So eat a... lunch before you go eat yakitori. That way you don't overorder. Mm-hmm. It's like eat, eat food before you go to the supermarket to buy more food. You'll buy more healthy food. Yeah. Okay. Uh, be sure to follow us on, at lin and dimi chan which is l-i-n-h-a-n-d-d-i-m-i-c-h-a-n on twitter to learn when we post new episodes yeah also and if you have any questions that you're curious tweet that, at us yeah you can tweet at us and maybe i'll include those questions into our podcast and see if dimitri can answer them yay test my knowledge well i guess i'll have a sneak peek since they'll be tweeted at us and i see the twitter first oh if that's the case uh tweet at me lin bunyol yeah you'll find us somehow yeah. Uh, we're all linked via that Twitter handle. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts or don't listen on Apple Podcasts, go download Apple Podcasts and give us five stars. That helps uh, other people find the podcast. Yay. We'll see you next time. Bye. Moist.